Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today. For the third time this year, a mass shooter has posted his manifesto on 8chan, the battle over whether to shut the site down. It's Tuesday, August 6th. The Christchurch shooter's specific part of the internet that he came from was a a message board called 8chan, and specifically a chunk of 8chan called Slash Pulp. The suspected gunman in Poway posted praise for 8chan just before the shooting, saying, I've only been lurking for a year and a half, yet what I've learned here is priceless. It's been an honor. We're back with the breaking news, a mass shooting in El Paso, Texas, at the Cielo Vista Mall. Minutes before the shooting in El Paso, Texas, the suspect posted his racist anti-immigrant manifesto to the online message board 8chan. posted a manifesto on the website 8chan moments before the shooting. He posted that hate was his motive on 8chan. 8chan claims they deleted the post nine minutes after it was published, but other calls to violence remain. Kevin Roos, it feels noteworthy that we now routinely turn to our technology columnist, you, after every mass shooting. But tell me where your head went after the news broke this weekend of this shooting in Texas. I immediately thought about Frederick Brennan. He's the founder of 8chan, and he was sort of a vocal defender of this community for a long time, and then recently has been expressing some real misgivings about it. And he was explicitly calling for the site to be shut down. Hmm. So I wanted to talk to him about that. So I looked him up. I got in touch. He agreed to talk. He would Skype with me from his home in the Philippines. So after uh, getting up on Sunday morning, I went to my computer and I called him on Skype. Hey, sorry about the delay on that. Yeah, no problem. How are you? I'm good. Um, I can only talk for like 20 minutes, so you okay. should uh, put your important questions first, just saying. That's fine. Um, Kevin, he seemed uh, very happy to hear from you. Yeah, this was probably not the best part of his day. Ugh, you know, it's just really annoying to keep... And look, it's like, People's lives were affected in ways that are much more serious than how my life is affected by when this happens again and again and again. But at the same time, it's like, 
every single time one of these shootings happens and there is an HN connection. I'm always just dragged into it. And I know. You know I, I got the happens, sense that one of the reasons that he is calling for HN to be taken down is that it would make his life a lot easier. He wouldn't have to be involved in explaining 8chan every time there's a mass shooting that involves the site. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't have to field calls from the media. He could kind of move on with his life and not have this part of his past come up every time it's implicated in one of these mass shootings. You know, as soon as this happened and I saw the original articles that said maybe the shooter posted on 4chan or 8chan, you know, it wasn't clear in the beginning. Well, I just very quickly, you know, just opened up a few sites and I was very easily able to determine that it was legitimate. He said that he always has kind of the same routine. Whenever there's a mass shooting, he sort of has to go research whether there's an 8chan connection. And I probably would have done that much faster, but um, just due to time zones, it was a Sunday, so I was at church instead of doing that research. And I decided that was more important than staying here and dealing with it right away. He's told me that he got up, saw this news, and sort of instead of going through his normal routine of doing all of his research to figure out whether there was an 8chan connection, he went to church. He sounded like, like a lot of us, he understands that there's a pattern now. Yeah. Right. I mean, at the same time, do you feel a sense of frustration with Jim that he won't take yes, the site? Yes, yes, like... I, I really do. And Kevin, who is Jim? I just think... Jim is Jim Watkins, who's the current owner of 8chan, and he's the guy who, you know, if he wanted to, could take the site down. Could do what Frederick wants. Exactly, but he, he doesn't want to. And I just don't... I've tried to understand so many times why he keeps it going, and I just don't get it. You know, two days ago... And what's the story of these two guys? So the story of HN goes back to 2013. And explaining it well sort of requires explaining this whole kind of internet underbelly. So just bear with me. There's going to be some weird stuff here. So Frederick Brennan, you know, was sort of a known figure in this kind of internet underworld. He was a longtime user of 4chan, the sort of bigger, older, more established site. He was briefly the administrator of a message board for adult male virgins which he then had to resign, he said, because he was no longer a virgin. He was involved in a lot of other sort of internet communities. And then in 2013, he said that he was high on psychedelic mushrooms. And he got an idea for a website called Infinite Chan. And Infinite Chan, he thought, would be sort of like the ultimate free speech, anything goes version of 4chan. It would be 4chan with even fewer guardrails. Mm. And it would be a site that would allow sort of anyone to kind of not only go to this free speech utopia, but to create their own versions of it. It would kind of be any number of anonymous free-for-all message boards. And he called it Infinite Chan. He uses the infinity symbol, which is, you know, sort of the sideways eight Obviously, Thus, 8chan. Hard to type that, so people just start calling it 8chan. So the site is not all that popular at first. It's pretty small. Nobody really knows about it. And then in 2014, 8chan kind of gets a lucky break because a bunch of guys sort of affiliated with a movement called Gamergate, which was a kind of reactionary movement of 
gamers who were upset about sort of social justice warriors like destroying video games who had gotten kicked off of 4chan. They needed a new place to go where there were fewer rules, where they could post whatever they wanted, where they wouldn't be censored or moderated in any way. And so they found 8chan. 8chan became kind of the unofficial home of Gamergate. It sounds like from the very beginning, 8chan is a home to kind of those who nobody else wants to house, the worst of the worst. Exactly. 8chan becomes kind of like the quarantine zone of the internet. 8chan has sort of hosted the largest group of QAnon supporters, incels, various other sort of internet communities that aren't really allowed or encouraged to congregate on other sites. They often set up shop on 8chan. It's kind of the the platform of last resort. Mm -hmm. So how does Jim Watkins come into this picture? So Jim Watkins is a 50-something army veteran who has been living in the Philippines for a number of years. He's kind of a libertarian, free speech, you know, absolutist guy. And he finds out about 8chan from his son. And it sort of strikes him as an interesting project. And he contacts Frederick and basically offers to get involved. So Jim has been sort of around technology for a while. His big successful project before 8chan was he ran an Asian porn site. He made some money from that and then formed a technology company. So he had a couple things that Frederick needed. He had money, he had some tech expertise, and he was willing to get involved. So at this point, the two key figures in this site already designed to be a free speech haven are an internet troll who didn't think the last site he was on was free enough and the founder of a porn site. Correct. In 2014, Frederick decides to actually move to the Philippines to work with Jim on 8chan. So he leaves New York, he moves to the Philippines, and they start working together on building 8chan into something bigger and better. We'll be right back. When times became uncertain, Wampley pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Wampley has helped one million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Wampley helps small businesses thrive. Visit Wampley.com to learn more. So where do things go wrong in this partnership? So I'm not exactly sure what happened between Frederick and Jim, but at some point there was a rift. They had disagreements. They sort of had a falling out. And last year they formally split. Frederick left Jim's company, no longer has anything to do with 8chan. And that sort of coincides with the rise of these mass shootings. And so Frederick then starts this kind of public campaign against Jim and 8chan. And he becomes one of the most vocal critics of the site and of its ownership. And he moved to the Philippines to work with Jim, but Mm -hmm. he's stayed there. He never moved back. So he still lives in the Philippines, actually quite close to Jim. And they're not really speaking, but he's now become this kind of prominent thorn in Jim's side as he tries to run HN. It's funny because, like, okay, on my way to church, I pass by where he lives, 
So it's like always when I pass by there, it's like, oh, because I have a very, let's just say it's like a very noticeable car. Mm -hmm. It's like a very unique color because I had it colored that way. Yeah, it's just very unique. So I know that they have probably noticed me driving by before because Mm -hmm. there's many people in that household. You know, and he has a driver, he has a maid, he has a wife, he has kids. So there's probably at any one time somebody looking out the window and seeing, you know, my car. And so he thinks, you know, someone is probably seeing him drive past. It's probably kind of a visual reminder to Jim that Frederick is there in pretty close proximity, giving him a hard time about A-Chan. Yes, and you know, another thing about it is they still have that stupid saying on the front of the site embrace infamy it's like they think this is funny you know i never had that on there and you can check the archives to see that that's true that embrace infamy thing is their thing and you know it's like after christchurch after the um tree of life shooting and now after this shooting it's still there it's like they think that this is all really funny oh we're infamous we're you know uh i don't know sorry i I, i'm just very frustrated So it sounds like there is more to his desire to get this site shut down than his frustration with the attention that comes to him after these shootings or his grievances with Jim Watkins, that he is genuinely troubled and upset by what's happening on the site. Yeah, I think he really is disturbed by what has been happening on 8chan. Do you agree with people who say that it's become sort of a haven for terrorist incitement? I mean, certain boards, yes. Yeah. And specifically on a section of this site that's about politics called Paul. P-O-L. P-O-L. Yeah, Paul, you know, the other news boards also to a degree. But of course, Paul is the biggest one. That's where a lot of these mass shooters have been going. And there's a culture in Paul of kind of celebrating these mass shooters while they're carrying out the mass shootings and afterward. So, you know, for example, after the synagogue shooting in California earlier this year, there was a thread on Paul that was basically egging this shooter on. And these people were saying they they hoped he could beat the high score of the New Zealand shooter, by which he meant you know, killing more people than the New Zealand shooter. I would characterize it as kind of the worst, most vile part of the worst, most vile website. It, 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 I'm not saying that they caused the shooting, but HN is definitely highly implicated in three shootings. And so I think Frederick is really disturbed. And he's not only disturbed that there's this kind of culture of celebrating mass shooters and lionizing them, he's also disturbed by kind of how 8chan is being used as a kind of archiving service. When potential shooters saw how successful it was to post on 8chan, because in the past it was like, they would post on Facebook only or Twitter only, and the tech companies would suppress it really fast, and there would be no archive. You know what I mean? Like, it would not spread. You would not be able to find it. And that happened a few times where the manifesto did not become public domain. But it's like, when they saw, oh, wow, these HN users, they're good with computers. They love shooters. They ripped that um, live stream from Facebook in, like, minutes. Like, if he had just posted it on Facebook and maybe, like, read it to, like, more normal sites, I don't think anybody would have ripped it. I don't think that would have gotten out there. Just just saying, you know, people say the Internet is forever, but it's, it's kind of not. Mm-hmm. It's kind of not, it, like, among normal people, you know. 
But Kevin, even if Frederick succeeded in getting Jim to take down A-Chan, couldn't another site fulfill that role he's describing to you? And wouldn't another website pop up to fulfill that role instantly? Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this. I'm not even saying that if A-Chan is shut down that this kind of thing would stop. There's obviously a problem in American society that shutting down HN is not going to fix because the society gave rise to HN and it'll give rise to something else, right? Like, I'm not I'm not politically ignorant enough to think that, oh, we shut down HN, it's all over. Obviously, that's not true. But he does think that if Jim took down HN, there wouldn't really be something that popped up to replace it exactly as it is with the same kind of culture of tolerating and celebrating violence with the same unmoderated structure. It it wouldn't necessarily totally stop these kind of things from happening, but it wouldn't happen every few months. It would be more rare. I just feel like it would really slow things down if there wasn't a big clear net site that like you can just open a browser and type a few numbers and letters and get there. The internet is sort of divided into the clear net and the dark web. So the clear net is you know, sites that you and I visit. It's, you know, anything that you can get to in a normal web browser with a normal internet connection is considered to be part of the clear net. Mm-hmm. The dark web is a different set of websites that you need special tools to access, including a browser called Tor. I feel like if it was pushed into Tor, it would be harder for people to get to these chan sites. That would make it much harder to access for the casual person who doesn't want to go through a whole lot of steps to get there. You know, teenagers would have to learn a bunch of computer stuff, learn about Tor, learn about networking, you know, to be able to access these kind of sites. That it would kind of put more friction into the process of discovering these sort of violent extremist communities. This wouldn't happen as often. So, yeah, maybe my reasons are partially selfish and obviously American society is screwed. But, um... (laughs) Uh, yes, I think it would help to a degree, yeah. Do we have any reason to believe that the shooting in El Paso might end with Frederick getting what he wants here, which is A-Chan coming down? Yeah, I think there are sort of two ways that this could be accomplished. The first way for A-Chan to come down would be basically for it to get evicted from the internet by all of the sort of service providers, the web hosts, the DNS registrars, the various like middlemen who allow websites to get online and stay online. And actually today we've already seen a lot of that. So 8chan is down right now Hmm. in part because Cloudflare, one of the companies that is sort of a provider of services, security services to 8chan, pulled it off its platform because of the mass shooting. Another site that it tried to go to as a result of that was also pulled offline by its provider. So they're sort of casting around looking for a new home. Somebody somewhere will probably host it. And then there's this obvious sort of more direct way to get it taken down, which would be if Jim decided to take it down. Right. That's the only way to guarantee that A-Chan is down for good, is for Jim Watkins to take it down. Correct. Well, and, and like, if you could send him a message after this latest shooting, like, what would you tell him or what, what will you tell him? Like, what's the message? I mean, I think, I think the best message is the one I sent this morning before, you know, I went to church to try to calm down. It's just shut the site down. It's not doing the world any good. It is a complete negative to everybody except the users that are there. 
And you know what? It's a negative to them too. They just don't realize it. Um, this, yeah, is a, this yeah. is a personal question. I don't know what kind of church you go to or, or how you express your faith, but do you feel like you are looking for forgiveness for some part of your past? Like I was fishing a little bit here because I, I don't really know the story, but I do know that he became a pretty religious Christian in the Philippines, and I just wanted to know, like, what's that about? And what did he say? He sort of thought about it and said, you know... Yeah. Yes, in a way, of course. I mean, we all should seek forgiveness. Maybe you have a point, and then it sort of, like, sounded like he hadn't been asked about it before, mm-hmm. hadn't really thought about it. I, I'm just saying, like, yeah, uh, maybe you're right, but I go every Sunday, so it's not like I saw this happen, and then I'm like, oh, I better go to church for forgiveness. No, it wasn't like that at all, because right. it's like I go there every Sunday. Yeah. But then again, at the beginning of your interview, he said, I needed to go to church because I don't want to have to think about this latest mass shooting. And here he's saying to you, yeah, there's something to that. I mean, this is clearly a person wrestling with his own culpability. Yeah, I certainly would interpret it that way. Do you think you're ever going to be able to escape HN? Um, you know, I, I remain optimistic that I will just be such a thorn in their side that they will shut it down. I, I, I have to remain optimistic that this is not going to keep happening until like 2030 or 2040. I don't know if I could deal with that. <laughs> All right, um, Frederick, thank you very much. I'll, I'll let you know about the podcast too. And... It's kind of this incredible image here. You have this American living in the Philippines, watching from a distance as this site that he built is playing this horrific role in mass shootings back in the United States. And the one guy he thinks can actually do something about it is right down the street from him, also watching all of this from afar. Yeah, it's a very strange detail in a very sad and strange story. Kevin, thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. Tubi is the free streaming service that lets you watch your favorite movies and shows for free. So break free from subscriptions with Tubi and get instant access to thousands of movies and TV shows, always free. From blockbuster movies, nostalgic favorites, and binge-worthy reality TV, to black cinema, Spanish language, and LGBTQ films, Tubi has everything you need. So download Tubi now and watch free. Here's what else you need to know today. Good morning. My fellow Americans, this morning, our nation is overcome with shock, horror, and sorrow. This weekend, more than 80 people were killed or wounded in two evil attacks. In a speech on Monday, President Trump condemned the mass shootings in Texas and Ohio, singling out the gunmen in El Paso, who deliberately targeted immigrants. The shooter in El Paso posted a manifesto online consumed by racist hate. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. 
These sinister ideologies must be defeated. Hate has no place in America. Trump called on the FBI to take whatever steps necessary to disrupt hate crimes and called for better ways to keep guns out of the hands of the mentally ill. But he made no mention of new gun laws. Mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger, not the gun. And the trade war between the U.S. and China entered a dangerous new phase on Monday when China allowed the value of its currency to hit a record low compared with the dollar. China's currency is tightly controlled, and its leaders left little doubt that they had deliberately dropped its value as a countermeasure to President Trump's latest tariffs. A lower Chinese currency hurts the U.S. by making Chinese imports more affordable to American consumers and making U.S. exports more expensive to Chinese consumers. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com daily. netsuite.com daily.